and welcome to the podcast from Scoop Empire. This is Behind the Scoop with Mark. It's Monday the 30th of May, coming to you from Alguna today, because this is where the International Squash Tournament is taking place. We'll get to that in just a moment. But coming up on the podcast today, I'll be talking to the actor who has not only been in some of the biggest British and American dramas of the last 10 years, but also has won a BAFTA for a lead role in a movie and has been in some of Egypt's biggest shows as well, like El Echtiar this Ramadan. Uh, We're talking about all those things, working here in Egypt and working in Britain and in America and all the differences and loads more too. That's all coming up in just a little while. But let's start with some news from the Middle East. And this is an awful story from Iran. The 10-story metropole building, located on a busy street in Abadan, was under construction when parts of it imploded a number of days ago. It has become one of Iran's deadliest disasters in years. And today, two more bodies have been discovered in the rubble, taking the death toll to 31. Meanwhile, on ScoopEmpire.com, there's lots of wonderful articles that you can read right now, including one about the restrictions Afghan women are facing under the Taliban. Seeking Empowerment is the name of the article. You can check that out right now at ScoopEmpire.com. And the 10th edition of the Elguna International Squash Tournament has got underway with 96 players from 21 countries and a prize pot worth $360,000. That's why I'm in Guna, and I'll tell you all about that tomorrow right here on Behind the Scoop. On the podcast today from the lovely Guna, we go to the lovely Manchester, UK, to speak to one of the hottest acting talents around. He's been in and currently is making some of the best dramas and series and also movies that there are around. And once he's killed Riz Ahmed and Rami Malek, he will get every job that (laughs) is going. He is Amir Al-Masri. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Listen, if that's the only game plan, then it's it's all downhill already. <laughs> can I ask? Can I ask you actually? Um, do you know, like people are racist? Um, have you yeah, been asked? Yeah. You know, I loved you in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, or been confused with uh, something that Riz has done, or something like oh, that. Because- my gosh! Like so, uh, about maybe last week, I was walking in the street, and I got I, I, it was cool. Like I got stopped about like three times from projects that I'd done. And then one of the guys was like, at the end, he was like, oh man, Rami Malek, it's just so lovely for you to connect back to your roots. And, you know, it's just so, Rami Malek. They were like, right, Rami Rami Malek? Is that, I was like, "Uh, no, you can't, just not quite, but it's it's okay, it doesn't matter. Anyway, nice to meet you, bye. (laughs) You seem like a very British or English guy. I... I feel sometimes when I'm in Britain uh, that it takes a bit of time f- for people to like compute uh, visually that I've I've been uh, brought up in, in in the UK. And this is really cheesy, but I've I've come to realise as I'm getting older that home is honestly a person. It's not or people or a group of friends and and family. Not not a not a country or a place. Uh, it's, it's it's where the heart is. You know, I've I've 
I kind of travel out of a suitcase for for, for the most part, and uh, I live out, live out of a suitcase for the most part. And um, uh, yeah, I, I've I felt like more at ease when I'm around people that I know and care about. Um, it's taken me time to to adjust to that, but it's the nature of my job, I guess. Do you feel more at ease around fellow actors? I feel more at ease with just normal people, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> actors can be normal people. I've heard this. <laughs> well, the the there are rumors there that actors can be normal, but we've we've got to be a bit somewhat you know, emotionally um on the on the Richter scale, uh, you know, to in, to be able to kind of tap into certain roles. I think I like like when I'm not on set or when I'm not you know working on stage or anything. I kind of like to like steer away from it and kind of live live uh, as completely far removed from it as possible. You know, I don't I don't really like going to like big fancy suave events. You know, sometimes it can be nice if if I've got something there that that is a project of mine or whatever. But otherwise, I kind of try and look for peace and quiet. Um, with and just be with people who are aren't affiliated with with um you know with with movies or, or whatnot but um having said that most of my friends are in are in the arts <laughs> but i knew uh, you were gonna but, say that i knew you were gonna say that because i could see you stumbling when you said no i just like to chill out and be quiet with just people who aren't attached to and then you realize that you haven't met anybody that's not attached to the industry for 14 yeah. years my <laughs> school <laughs> My school and youth friends, but yeah, I mean, even them, I, I kind of now like talk talk to on like WhatsApp. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I I loved the night manager and your character in it. For anybody in Egypt who hasn't seen um, uh, the night manager, tell people what that was because you were uh, playing the most lovable Egyptian character in a you know almost like a comical role. Tell people about that. Yeah, that was honestly. Uh, a real gift of a part because um, the Night Manager is is, uh, is a six part um, mini series uh, starring Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie and Olivia Coleman. A very pregnant uh, Olivia Coleman. You know, you know the funny thing was when I when I was reading the script, um, her character uh, was pregnant, and so when I went on set and I met her for the first time she was um, kind of struggling to get up the stairs. And I thought, wow, this woman is so method. Like the fact that she's like staying in. <laughs> and I walked up to her and I was like, I am just in awe. Like the fact that you can just, I'm so, like disturb, you know, your process or whatever, but like the system, because I, because I just, just come out of drama school and I just find this so fascinating how you, how you manage to stay in character. She's like, what? No, no, I am pregnant. She oh, was that method. Oh, she heart. went and got pregnant. That's yeah, she was. Olivia Coleman. Gonna... Olivia Coleman. If, if for anyone, she's the she's the queen in in one of the recent series of the Queen. Uh, she won an Oscar. She was in the, the the Father. Is it with recently with Anthony Hopkins? She is one of Britain's best comedy actresses as well as a dramatic actor actress. Now national treasure. Like she's, yeah. she's so. And she's honestly one of the most, one of the loveliest people I've worked with. So extremely down to earth, and and she was she was so so helpful, and and important important in my process to to working in in the US as well. Um, really, yeah. that, that's yeah. interesting. Do you get to the end of the the character that you were playing um, in the Night Manager? Yeah, so I play I play a guy who starts off as a 
you know, one of the cooks in this lavish uh, re- um, uh, kitchen um, uh, restaurant um, in in Egypt, where uh, in, a, in a hotel where where Tom Hiddleston's character uh, works in as a as a night manager. Um, how did Olivia Coleman help you to get to America then? Well, so it was not what not only her; it was her, Tom Hiddleston, um, and. Uh, John Stewart and a, and a couple of other people, but um, I I needed references. I needed um, uh, references from some from people I'd worked with, and uh, they'd all offered. That, you know, they were all asking me what what are my plans after this. Like very like took an avid interest in my career. You know, they didn't really have to do that, but they'd all written references and signed them off, and and I'd send them off to to the US. Uh, to the embassy just so I can get clearance to to work in the States and have a visa. So are you thinking at this point, uh, are you so busy that you're not really taking stock or are you thinking, well, that was a good part to get or that was a good show to get? Honestly, you know, I, uh, it's been, it seems like it from, from the outset, but like these, these shows probably take about, four months in a, in a year out of the year to, to, to shoot on and on and off. And, uh, you know, since lockdown, since the whole pandemic, things seem to slow down a bit for everybody, you know, and, and affect many, many people in, 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 in many ways. Um, and, uh, it's kind of changed my whole perspective on everything and changed my kind of viewpoint on what really is important. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I still, I still try and keep as busy as possible, but I I, tr- I I actually try to like still keep a bit for myself and and keep part you know part of it you know still with my family and my friends because that's really what's more important uh, really as I'm as I'm getting older. But um, but yeah, I, I, I'm still you know keeping busy and I'm, my main plan over the last couple of years since lockdown happened in the UK was to split my time between Egypt and the UK. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work recently in, in Egypt. I'd done this film called Limbo, which is probably one of my favorite roles to date. Uh, and, and, you know, it was my first leading role in the UK from a, a British production, um, focused features film. I won uh, a, a BAFTA Breakthrough Brit, which was like, you know, one of the, they choose a select handful of, of actors as the kind of actors of the future. Um, and it's nominated from from delegates at, at BAFTA, um, which was an amazing amazing kind of uh, accolade to get, and then a Screen Star of Tomorrow as well, and then but all all the while I was in Egypt because I I couldn't really I couldn't really participate in the physical events, and so I was just working working in Egypt, getting getting great offers in Egypt. So I I decided to connect more there and do some jobs there, and then um, and then the BAFTA BAFTA Scotland Awards came through and I and then they offered for me to come um let's talk about a few of the ones that you were doing whilst uh you were over here because I think people would like to know about those the Arabian Warrior a Saudi Arabian American film yeah 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 it's a it was a co-pro between Saudi Arabia and and the states um so they'd gotten a bit of funding from the states and Saudi Arabia to make this movie about um a, a young Saudi Arabian uh, who, who has aspirations to becoming a soccer player, football player, but ironically in the States. Um, but uh, his father wants him to follow the family tradition and, and, and be an architect. Um, and um, 
and yeah, it was it was it was a cool experience. It was a learning curve for me, you know, to to, to be a leading man um, in a, in a film. St- again, still quite young and early in my career. And can you play football? I, I and that again. So I, I had you know I used to play you know football at school, but like not to a like a high a high level. Um, so I I I bet practicing, and we had we had a few we had, we had about a couple months prior to for me to start like prepping so i would um i play in london with my mates uh um, seven aside and then when we got to la we had an amazing choreographer and that's what uh, england could have done with a few years ago choreography instead of a instead of a manager perhaps yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah a nice a nice choreographer that would have would have helped right um but um and i think um i think it did well again once it got to the platforms once it got on streaming platforms, people, people, um, you know, and it's now on Sharehead in the Middle East, so people can watch it there as well. Let's talk about Sorry. the recent role um, that a lot of people uh, are talking about, and the recent show that people are talking about, El XCR, um, because uh, this was something quite special. One hundred percent. I mean, to be to be able to work on a project like that, um, you know, one of the highest rated shows uh, out of Ramadan. Um, you know, every for every year for the last three or four years, um, and to, you know to work alongside some big names like you know Ahmed Aiz, Kareem Abdulaziz, Ahmed Khaled uh, Al all these big big stars, um, and uh, and to have like a real sizable role as well, um, yeah, it was a huge huge honor. Well, it's weird that you say that, Amir, because. You talk about being impressed that you have one of the big roles in this big Ramadan show alongside legends like Kareem Abdelaziz and Ahmed Ez. Yet you have come from working with these huge, huge stars on so many other shows like Hugh Laurie and Olivia Coleman, Oscar winning, uh, Oscar winners like Olivia Coleman. Uh, what is it about those Egyptian stars that particularly made it an honor? I think, I think these are the same stars that I grew up watching on the telly. You know, as a kid, uh, every time I go to Egypt or uh, in go to go to the cinema there, so to be you know standing there with them on set was um, you know a surreal experience for me. Now you're so you're you're in America, you're in Egypt, you're all over the Middle East. Um, you are doing some amazing projects, but you're also in Star Wars, and and that was a seems like a bit of a departure from all the other dramas and serious stuff. Was that like? Oh yes, please. Honestly, I felt like a big kid. Uh, yeah. Massive green screen around me, and we were on the we were on the on the ship, and like I was just like running around, pressing all the buttons, making sure that they actually work. <laughs> JJ Abrams, he is like you know the right man for this job. Like he he's so passionate about the the history of the sh- of of the film and the franchise, and he made sure that every single person on set had a character name. And had at least a couple of lines to say. Yeah, he was amazing. He was amazing. And, and some of the stuff that that ended up being in the final cut was improvised. You know, I actually had um, some dialogue um, prior to 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 getting it. But uh, yeah, when we were on set, he added some more, which was which was amazing. He's he's just so so giving and 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 yeah, it was it was insane. We weren't allowed to actually read the script. We weren't allowed to even look at our lines before getting on set. Okay. And we, we, there was like so much security around that. It was given to me in like a red in, in a, a red file. Anyone who got the full script 
there was CCTV around them and they couldn't leave the room without putting it back. Which is so weird, isn't it? Because I mean, I love Star Wars, I love them all, but they're all essentially the same movie <laughs> with different <laughs> characters over and over again. It's like, how many surprises do you think people are going to learn from this script? It's, a, you know, look, it's, I, I've not, <laughs> I've not seen all of them. And, but it's amazing how much, you know, some the, the avid, avid fans would do to, to get their hands on even oh, just the pay. And that is where JJ cut us off. If anyone starts talking about Star Wars, he is on it. Uh, thank you to Amir El-Masri for being my guest on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. Do join me tomorrow for more from El Guna on the international squash tournament that is going on right now. We'll have more on that and much, much more right here on Scoop Empire's Behind the Scoop. <laughs>